Hello and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. I don't have a, a guest yet, but I imagine he's coming. And hello, Glenn Jay. Nice to see you, Evan McIntosh. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys are here. So good. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's a very, very interesting subject for me. The uh, electing God's grace, because you hear about election a little bit more uh, here. Let me actually start Rockfin so we don't miss that. Bear with me in just a few minutes and people are going to come on. Hopefully James is coming. Hello, Rick Russell. Nice to see you here. Welcome. How are you guys doing? What's going on over there? Did you hear in Canada that um, there are people being refused treatments? I now know a colleague of mine whose grandson, I believe, is uh, has been diagnosed with cancer and is being refused treatment because of the um, unvexation. <laughs> Hello, good brander. Nice to see you. I'm glad you're here. Hopefully James is coming on his way. Oh, and there he is. So good. Okay. That's awesome. So um, I'm going to bring him on and we're going to get started. Hello, James. How are you? Greeting, Beth, and peace to you. <laughs> peace to you as well. So good. So uh, yeah, we're just going to get uh, started, get rolling here. A few people are coming on. You're getting some hellos. Yvette Shinebright is here. Beautiful drive out in the countryside. And uh, good Brander and Lisa. Excellent. So good. I'm glad. And uh, so how are you today, James? Quite well, thank you. And you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I woke up uh, in a uh, a rare state of mind today with a lot of uh, happiness and hope in my heart. So I usually have to work for that stuff. So that was a nice little blessing and feeling of grace. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, electing God's grace. And this is a subject that I've, I've heard of um, more in a different context that, uh, you know, that God elects you, that you are, you are the elect, so to speak, or who, you know, who are the elect. And then when you talked about it uh, a little bit in my on my stream last time, and then some conversations we've had just one on one about you know what would it be like if you elected God instead of a tyrannical government? That <laughs> maybe something much better will come from that. And uh, so I've had a interesting time just looking up a little bit here and there, and I'm super super curious what you have to say about it. Uh, I would love to start by talking a, a little bit about the Bible instead, just because you're super knowledgeable on that, uh, in that field. Hello, by the way, to Gordon on Rockfin. Here, let me get grab you guys a link in case anybody's preferring Rockfin. And um, so, now if, I, if my memory serves correct, here's the link, by the way, you actually, um, your, your testimony was, was due to the Bible, right? It was the reading of the Bible. You came to it through the law first, and then it was the reading of the Bible that awakened you to the, um, the nature of, of the, the truth that you were finding there. Is that correct? Yeah, at first I was uh, made to know, obviously, about the things that a lot of people are talking about nowadays, right? The uh, birth certificate and the social insurance name and number or whatever international monetary fund agency collects revenue from whatever land people, things like that. Yeah, definitely came to that, to know that first and to know how it was fictitious. It wasn't real and it never felt real anyway, because 
naturally people know like hey like i didn't hurt anybody like what are you talking about you know i didn't i didn't do anything wrong you're just like saying to me that i don't know like uh crossing the street there can be a, a, a penalty for that like what <laughs> whoa exactly victimless crimes they're they're all over the place uh, i had a colleague in or a speaker actually at Anarchapoco. And by the way, I just wanted to make an announcement. I found out yesterday that I'm going to be presenting at Anarchapoco and I'm deciding whether to drive 8,000 kilometers plus to uh, to get there in person or not. Otherwise, I'm going to be there virtually. So that's uh, super good. And, and this fellow that was speaking there, he was driving his car. Now he's very outspoken and uh, is already kind of flagged by American authorities. They pulled him over and they found ammunition in his um, in his glove box and uh, just threw the book at him, took his vehicle away, threw him in jail, like literally just for finding ammunition. And uh, it, it was just so over the top. There was literally no victim in the crime. And uh, he was he was brutalized by the legal system. So it's uh, a lot of a lot of crimes being committed on on their side. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah. And and so what was it that let you know that the Bible held the authority in in law? What what was the what were the clues for you there? Just reading it. Just reading it. You know, I began to read Matthew and you know, you just you just read it and and you see what is written there and you see I mean, you have to believe, I suppose, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If, if you can't read the Holy Bible and believe that the man that is witnessed unto in this, in these accounts held in the Holy Bible is not the Son of God, and there's no power in his resurrection, and there's no power in his words, and there's no power in his life, then I guess it won't be the same for everybody. But for me, at that time, five years ago, when I began reading that, I couldn't even... It couldn't have never received a better gift. There's no greater gift. Like I said in the last uh, thing, uh, interview, the relationship that we have with Christ is greater than the relationship we'll have with anyone in this world and after this world. So um, we have to believe to have that relationship. We have to have faith that that connection is made and that relationship is established. And John the Baptist baptized us with water in earth. And we're given that same baptism to provide for one another who would come to know the Lord or God would bring. But Christ Jesus from heaven, he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And he baptizes us from heaven with it, whereas John baptized us with water here. Or we're given the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins here. But that baptism of Holy Spirit that comes from the Lord and from the laying on of holy hands. Beautiful. So it. Um, so you believed that um, Christ was your savior before you read the Bible. Well, I, I had basic knowledge of Christ to the extent where my grandma told me that she named me James after Jesus Christ's little brother, and I knew that from a young boy. But it was never imposed on me what that was, and it was never known to me really in detail as when you're a full-grown age, you know. Like some people will think like, oh, uh, you know, it, it's easy, maybe. I mean, it's supposed to be easy. It was easy, like on my body and things like that. But for my mind, like 
drinking strong spirit. You, you go into one chapter of the Holy Bible when your mind is just secular. That's all it is. It's not the, you have no like secular spell is powerful. That's why I say it's a level t 10 spell, like of a scale of one to 10. But, you know, we have spells that are even greater than 10, but it's just showing you how much brighter light is than darkness. But it's a powerful spell being under a, under a secular spell. You know, you just you speak in slang. Uh, you know, you pride yourself on silly things. Ego is rampant. Uh, it all comes with the, the secular mode of minding unto life. And uh, you can read one chapter and like drinking strong spirits just pass right out. You know, it's like I, I'll go into Genesis or in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and just pass out. You, you got to go to sleep for a while because if you actually take your full grown mind and expand your full grown mind at what is being read and like really not reading it to be like in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and like, you know, just be like, that's it. Like you're eating that. You're eating that and it's becoming a part of you. It's, it's, it's challenging immediately. Simple things like God created two great lights. So if I was a Christian nowadays living like anti-Christians or a Roman Catholic or Islam or any number of religions that the devil has them, uh, all people worshiping under the false God, the universe by, if I were to think to myself, God created two great lights and someone was to tell me that moonlight is sunlight reflecting off of it. They're essentially telling me that God is a liar and he only made one great light, you know, and just like little things like that come out from like reading uh, the Holy Bible. And it's automatically challenging if your mind or the mind is truly ready to read those things or to understand those things. And then, like I said, it's strong. It's easy, but it's powerful. Sometimes you read like a few words and it'll just touch you right where you needed to be touched and you'll just pass out for a while or you need to go pray and meditate and just like try to understand, uh, you know, and cry because you're, we're being healed with every word. And uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, what, that, that's what it was like. It's like just reading it, taking time to understand it, uh, let it let it let it heal let it be powerful because it is and uh yeah all i had to do was read it you know nobody taught me anything nobody has uh taught me anything regarding the scriptures there has been divinely inspired men and women who i've heard and i'll take goodness from anybody and uh you know try to filter out what's not good and uh yeah you know but just like paul says right it was revealed unto him by God, not by man, not by the will of man, not by flesh, not by blood, but by the spirit of God. And it's a great gift. It's a true blessing. And I hope it and I desire it for everyone, which is why I'm even on this interview in the first place, hoping that by some aspect of this life that God has given me now, uh, it might inspire anyone out there to know the truth because it, it will set you free and is the greatest gift and joy to have a relationship with Christ Jesus, according to truth and knowledge and not according to vanity or you know just strangeness of spiritual indoctrinations and things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when you read the bible i'm just curious is um you know given that it has filtered through history that 
um, you know, the King James 1611 was written by, um, you know, a tyrannical king. Uh, when when you read it, are you, when you said the word filter, is are you looking for, um, or, or, you know, does it jump out at you when something actually doesn't resonate as the word of God? Or is it something more that you accept on the whole? There's a lot of Christians that say you can't like cherry pick with the Bible and say, oh, you know, I really, this touches me, this is profound or, or you know, helps me to know Christ and this doesn't. So what's your take on that? <laughs> um, whether King James was tyrannical or not, whether uh, he was good or not, you know, I, I, I try to, I don't know, I, I suppose like a sharp two-edged sword, so is the word of God. And you try to look at things from both directions, think about it. Whether he was tyrannical or not, he's not more powerful than God. And I always believed in God from the last interview. Like I prayed to, my, to God and I, and I said for my grandmother, I love her. At like four years of age when I prayed for the first time. But, and uh, yeah, I mean, so be it. If they're tyrannical, then so be it. Let them be tyrannical. The scripture definitely stands out. You know, I'll read some things like, you know, ghost. What, what is ghost? You know, I definitely didn't feel good about ghost when I saw that. So I look into it and, you know, you go into a strong concordance Bible, right? A concordance Bible gives us uh, accurate definitions of words that were translated from Greek and Hebrew uh, to the English language. So we can get, you know, better definitions at times, uh, more sound understandings of what's written. And uh, yeah, that... Uh, that cork concordance you see that it says spirit in there. Um, uh, I'm not too worried about uh, these vain things, I suppose, because I got to live it, right? I studied astrology for 17 years. I, I studied astronomy, you know, like I went into it. So if I didn't have gone into it with the same wits or the same spirit that the Lord gave me from the womb, then I would be arbitrary in my talks or my judgments, or I wouldn't even have the capacity to read the Holy Bible and know that it's truth 100%. I don't need anyone to back me up on that, right? And that's how I feel uh, because of who I am, but also because, uh, I mean, nobody's life is in their hand at the end of the day. And that is something that people need to think about. Look at all the religions that are out there. What are they promising you? What are the what are the customs of that religion? What are, what are their offerings, right? I've talked to so many different people from so many different religions, and I listen to what they have to say and what their beliefs are, and I just think to them, think to say to them, well, that's lovely and everything like that, but it's lacking, or you could improve on that. And no matter what, Christ will always improve on any religion's aspects or any religion's objectives by providing a blood that is worthy of reception for the forgiveness of the sins of the world and forgiveness of sins. Whereas, you know, like, you know, Buddha's, uh, what are they called? Um, uh, whatever. Uh, what are the, what are, what are monks? monks, I guess, or what are people who believe in Buddha called again? Can't remember. Buddhists, uh, monks. I guess. Yeah. Buddhists. Buddhists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Monks. Yeah. Or, or Buddhists. Yeah. Like they come close, you know, they say they don't want to do anything harm, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to tell people to be empty. And the Lord has told us to be full. You know, it's kind of weird. And they're saying to their followers, like, uh, it's good to give 10%, but it's even better to give 100%. You know what I mean? To like, to like whatever the temple and things like that. And 
it's just it's just it, what would what would people believe right maybe they want to believe in the endless expanse of space you know all this uh uh astronomy talk and uh it's just it's just it's for who it's for i suppose and and it's not for who it's not and the lord it's written everything's written in there he shall send them strong delusion so they'll believe a lie you know the lord's told us that ahead of the time too yeah actually i watched a great documentary last night called uh, ethereal with an ae and it's all about that exactly how that um uh, you know, I mean, I just nickname it the death cult got got installed, and it's all about that. You know, the the endless space and the quantum theory and string theory and quantum entanglement, uh, and then you know, it, it all birthed astrology and and divination. Uh, so it's actually a super good. You know, done done by a Christian from a Christian perspective. So I'll. Um, if you guys remind me, I'll try to share a link here. It was it was really well done. I think my my friend knows the the creator of it, so it's a really good um, overview just about how things and and I you know I came from that world myself. Started out in a, a Christian family, but that had been kicked out of the church, right? So there was already some odd tension, and that meant that I wasn't I wasn't given um, Christianity. It wasn't something that I was brought up and except that my grandmother was a, a very uh, strong believer and she went to church all the time. Uh, but it was as a child that I chose it, you know, kind of, I, if we start going into our theme here that I, I elected God and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Tadasana, that's exactly it. Uh, the battle for heaven and earth. That's it. That's the one. And uh, yeah. End times productions. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. And so you know, it's it's something that at some point it, it doesn't matter what your upbringing is. My ancestors were Christians; they they were persecuted, they died for that, and it it somewhere is in my my blood and my bones and in in an inher inheritance. And I feel like as an adult, I'm coming to it with brand new eyes, looking at looking at it from a, a completely new perspective. Feeling like, wow, did I read this whole entire Bible as a child, and and what did I get out of it? I have no idea what I was actually making in terms of meaning from it. And uh, before we dive in with with what it means to elect God's grace, and also the the reverse being being God's elect, um, you know, to what extent do you feel like you are interpreting the Bible, like as you grow and expand your awareness and become more and more open to the truth, if you want to um, call it that, has there been a shift in how you see the knowledge there? Have, has there been, you know, kind of awakenings and reawakenings, or is it more something that's um, like just set? Do you believe people should interpret the Bible? I heard, heard a preacher the other day said that everybody is going to interpret the Bible the, the way that they are, they are, right? Like when you look at a painting or you look at poetry, you're going to pull out something different than somebody else will. And then at different times of your life, when you go and reread the same thing, you're going to take different meaning from it based on where you're at. What do you think about all of that? To Peter. Two Peter one. Two Peter one goes right into this, saying, We at nineteen, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, 
as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and this day star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation period so that's scary you right these kinds of people out there who are telling people that uh the, the opposite of that knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation period it's talking about prophecy like what you know what is what is predicted to or happen probably predicted is the wrong word but it, it you know telling us what is what is going to come what about the meaning do you think that's the same are you pulling the same thing out of that out of that verse the entire word from Genesis to Revelation is prophecy. Well, love thy neighbor, for example, right? That's not prophecy. That's more, um, a, you know, a prescription for a good life. Right. But it's still prophecy of God unto us. Prophesying, prophesying is a healthy thing. Prophesying brings edification unto the receiver. Um, you know, uh, when we speak in terms of things that haven't come yet, or we speak in terms of things of the past, he is the beginning and the end. It's Alpha and Omega. Everything that stands, stands as a result of the prophecy when it was given. It was prophesied by some righteous one and divinely inspired by God to be written down has now been translated into the English language all the way unto us, unto our ears. So nothing that's in this holy bible is of any private interpretation there's no privately interpreting like we might have you know various understandings and things like that but the scripture itself remains unchangeable just like the word of the lord clearly says that he shall fold up the heavens and the earth and everything that we know as an old garment they shall wax old but he shall remain the same so all these words remain the same. They last forever. Um, and nobody is to privately interpret them. And if anybody feels as though it's too confusing for them or they're wrestling with any aspect of the scripture, it's wiser for them to just back right off and seek the Lord and pray the Lord and meditate with the Lord before going and leading anybody else falsely because they've reached a point where they just need to, you know, back off, you know, just be alone, be in the scripture by yourself, and then, uh, you know, pray to the Lord that he give us understanding, just like it says in James, right? Pray and ask the Lord, and upbraideth not, right? Don't ask with some sort of hardened heart or some sort of, you know, prejudice towards God as if he's going to answer you or not. Like, you can't be thinking like that, right? But, right. And, and would you think it to be a hardened heart, somebody that seeks to um, understand the Bible, like, um, and I'm, I'm just going to be transparent here and you can crush me if you want, but, uh, you know, there, there's so much, there's so much that doesn't make sense to me. Like, for example, I, I, I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about, um, you know, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, because if you start, I noticed that you, you would recommend starting to read the Bible at Matthew, right? The New Testament, obviously the New Covenant, uh, you know, from what I can gather, Jesus said that this replaces the Old Covenant. So, <clears throat> you know, in, in still studying the the Old Testament, because that that's 
hasn't disappeared, hasn't gone away, or hasn't been uh, said to be, well, this is no good. Don't don't look at this anymore. It's still it's still there. It's still presented, and uh, you know, just just things that um, maybe I I. I don't understand the context for, but like the first thing that comes to mind is circumcision, right? So the Bible is, is, uh, is saying uh, a whole variety of things about circumcision. And I, I always look at that and I just go like, Oh, what, it, you know, what is this? That, that is, is it, is that truly from God that he would recommend maiming the children and, um, you know, so th there's just so much. And then that you've got the incest and you've got the, the bloody wars and and um, you know one of the things that I, I I was told happened in the Bible was that they replaced the word Lord um, where it actually did mean king or leader right so that some of the violence that we attribute to God actually was coming from kings. Do you know anything about that side of things or or is it not not your um, perspective? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't feel shy. You're you're quite welcome to be as transparent as you need to be, as long as it's not vulgar and cursative. Um, uh, yeah. Um, God willing, He's given me wisdom to a certain extent to maybe shed some insight into this circumstance. Um, I prefer to be as natural as possible. God created man with foreskin, apparently, because we come out of the womb with foreskin. But uh, regarding circumcision. The way I see it, the way the Lord has revealed things unto me, and this is where I might have my understanding, but there's only one interpretation to the scripture um, or one, you know, very serious uh, understanding of the, of the Lord God. But from what I'm seeing, it's like back then when Noah and his sons got off of the ark, there was uh, just them. And as they began to multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply um, unto like 400 years until the coming of Abraham after the flood. These men probably looked kind of the same. You know, maybe that God was performing miracles back then and there was some uh, very, very, very different looking people immediately. I don't know. But over time, by the time the circumcision or the covenant of circumcision to Abraham was given, just so you know, Think about all the people looking the same back then. Like, what what would you, what, how would you know that you are of the covenant of Abraham and you are not? <laughs> so the way I see it, as a man, you know, it's difficult for men to know what it is to be a man nowadays because we've been so attacked and attacking of ourselves uh, with evilness. I'm walking through the earth, you know, there's like a billion people spread out the, through the whole earth, maybe less, you know, I'll probably see a man walking, you know, not as much. Maybe I will I'll see many, who knows? But how am I supposed to say to you or to say to me, uh, I'm of Abraham, I'm of the I'm, I'm of the covenant of Abraham. Oh yeah? Well, you know, you just flash, pull down your pants. And like back then, nobody's going to know these things. Like These things are kept secret between these people. It's like, almost like a secret society based on the removal of the foreskin of a penis. So think about that. Like, you know, you, you go throughout the land, you come across another man and it's like, you know, you know, both of you are of Abraham, you know, you, I'll show you mine. You show me yours. Look, you know, my foreskin's gone. Look, your foreskin's gone. Nobody would have known that. This would have been like a, a secret. This would have been something that was between people who were truly of that covenant and also people who had that faith because 
if they did catch a tail, like, oh, supposedly these Hebrews over here, they cut off the foreskin of their men. Who's going to have faith towards God enough to participate in letting their foreskin be removed? Like Abraham did when he was 90, oh, you know, very old. He was like 80, 90 when he had his foreskin removed and that covenant was given to him. So, come on. Like, as far as circumcision goes, that's where that's where I understand it. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with... I'm so uh, sorry. Give me one second. Completely tangled here. Oh, sorry, that was a boner move there. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, it's... um. You know, and then, and then again, I might be on the chopping block for this, but um, that's just evil to me. Like that, just that's just I, I can't stop feeling sick about that. There, you know, there's the the whole. Um, but I hear what you're saying, so we'll go on. Maybe yeah, we'll but that, yeah, but maybe you, you don't you don't have to feel bad about that because that's the spirit of the Lord in you. We're in the reign of Jesus Christ now. Carnal ordinances are no more imposed. He's sanctified that ordinance itself and the fact that he himself was circumcised and he made all in one in his body so whether you're circumcised or you're uncircumcised it's all about the circumcision of our hearts whether you're a greek or you're a viking or you're so you know uh, someone from ethiopia you're all one in his body he's already taken on the circumcision the covenant of abraham everything and we are entered into that through faith and belief that we're entered into that it's not because we go out there and nowadays go sacrifice an animal or cut off the skin on our foreskin that makes us any closer to God. And you and it makes perfect sense that you're appalled by that because those times are past. And this is why the Gentiles or people who are of the nations should be rejoicing even more, unlike what's happening now where they're being influenced into a totalitarian dictatorship system because of their efforts to reject Christ on a daily basis and that excellence that's come in not even knowing it or knowing it every hour of every day using their minds to exemplify a secular state right right and and then but so it's it's a new time now and it's okay to be disgusted but so it, it, <laughs> um and and then but but it came from god before right like that sacrifice was god's requirement but i honestly see that as um a satanic ritual right that requires blood that i don't know i just don't find that in god so that's that's just my um that's my uh interpretation <laughs> of the it's thing that i can't stop having mm -hmm. it's different it's different times then and you are living now and i can understand how with all your heart those things are atrocious to you mm -hmm. but you're you're mm -hmm. in a different time now and uh those were different time, different times then yeah, no, it's right. literally it's literally traumatizing to Moses. To, Moses to read is, the Bible. Moses's Moses's wife. Moses's wife called Moses a bloody man. Thou art a bloody man, Moses's wife said unto him, because he saw that the Lord was coming to kill the child for its lack of circumcision. So he quickly took a knife and cut off the child's foreskin. Right. You know, she called him a she called him a bloody man. You know, look, look, Lot's two daughters, Lot's two daughters, for the sake of preserving their father's seed, when they were in the mountain, like you're saying, the two daughters got him drunk and went with them to preserve seed of their father. Like, yeah, you want to go through uh, times of of no Christ? There's no Christ in the earth. No Christ come. Let's go through those times. 
They were dark times. They were evil times. But the Holy Bible in the Old Testament is full of wisdom, which is why I suggest to people who desire peace and grace and good feelings on a daily basis, we must be going through enough of the New Testament, which is those things, and then at times going through the wisdom of the Old Testament, because the, well, the wisdom of the Old Testament is what we're up against. We're up against the wisdom of the Old Testament. All those stories that are atrocious and grotesque and all those things that we hear that are so antichrist in spirit, these are all witnesses, accounts of things that are to protect us against judgment, protects us against our enemies who are judges, who are justices of the peace, who are these people not to be treated like, uh, you know, not as if they're men and women, but also with wisdom. We have to treat them with wisdom because they're not our friends. If they were our friends, you, you know, a lot of us would be living free uh, from the moment we were born rather than having these instruments of documentation imposed upon us in the reign of Jesus Christ. Like as grotesque as you think those things are, you know, sleeping with somebody who's your dad or uh, cutting off foreskin. What's happening out here right now to people mentally, psychologically is just as bad. They're being raped every day. You know? mm -hmm. 100% with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and similar, similar also in its, in its approach. So let's jump into um, what it means to um, say, say if we even start with, with, um, or I'll, I'll let you choose how you want to talk about it, because I'm familiar with hearing about God's elect. And it, and you, you, uh, you speaking with the first time that I heard about electing God. So is there a difference to you? Or are, are, are those the same thing? Uh, like electing God in the sight of the world or electing God for one's private self, you mean? I'll, I'll let you decide how you want to talk about that. <clears throat> Just election? Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, uh, well, go ahead. Um, so yeah, you were the first person that I heard talk about that, that, you know, electing God, just because we're busy electing officials and we're, you know, we want to rely on the politicians or doctors, or we're always electing somebody that's inappropriate. That's not really our, um, our father. It's not where we come from. It's they're, they're not our creator. We're just, uh, personifying somebody who, you know, as that, as that fiction, then, they are the creator of the fiction, but that's a kind of um, uh, graven image that's been created, a, a fake, false uh, identification that you're not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, cloned you, but you're not identical with it by any stretch of the imagination. So I'll, I'll uh, what, what does election mean to you then? Well, it begins in the heart and uh, you think to yourself, based on principles and beliefs that you might already have. This is what it was like for me five, six years ago. Like, you know, I, <laughs> the last things that I was studying was the prison grid system outside of the planet. And when you die, these like evil angels try to make you have a re-life play of, uh, you know, the things that you did in your life. And they also add in the sins of other people there who make packs. And I was studying all this crazy stuff. So back then when I first uh, came to understand these, these concepts, this understanding, uh, it was like I believed in God my whole entire life. Like, yeah, like, why have I been? Why have I been participating in federal elections or provincial elections? Like, 
what, what, you know, and then for as much as, you know, six years ago, I completely stepped away from it. Now, you know, I sort of look into it and I, and I understand, you know, you, I can, I, it's just like the scripture, just like, uh, uh, two Colossians that tells us that the Lord blotted out the legal documents of secular state that were against us and took them out of the way. By the end of that same chapter, Paul is saying that these things that these people do, let nobody uh, lure you into will worship and, and sort of following after these customs, these sorts of practices that everybody else has going on, which look good. You know, they seem to have a, a sort of spiritual divineness to them, but, you know, not to any satisfying of the flesh, but it's really to the satisfying of the flesh and all these things. And, you know, you have a member of parliament, you know, and then you have a, they talk and you see the kind of like order of these things, but, you know, we really don't need all that. And uh, I don't want to elect any of that. It complicates my life. It makes me feel complicated. It makes me feel like what I'm electing. Because I see the confusion of it. I see the hassle of it, right? You read Proverbs 1 where the Lord tells us, if sinners, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not, right? Come with us. Have one purse. We shall get all manner of spoil and precious things, right? We'll wait for blood lurking privily for the innocent. So, you know, you have one purse. You're all under one name. And, you know, what is what is all the people under that one name responsible for? Right? Commerce. Right? Commerce. It's a commercial nation. Right? Commerce. Exploitation of resources. If we read Psalms 4 and 5, the Lord clearly says that he shall destroy those that speak leasing. That speak what? Leasing. 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 Mm-hmm. And the whole entire society now is bent on that. And mm -hmm. people are being destroyed for it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who wants to elect that? Like, I don't know. You know, I don't want to elect any of that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. And uh, I realized that quickly when it was suggested to me that my election of those things was justifying the things that were coming upon me then. And I was like, I don't want to do that either. I don't want to justify none of it. So when I realized, I'm like, yeah, like I can elect God. It's completely... A, a heartfelt choice or something that each one of us might feel inside of one of ourselves at some time and say like, yeah, like I'm electing God. Like uh, when I was at that, uh, so that service Canada, you know, I said, you know, I might've been 14, 15. I might not have known how excellent things were for myself when I was 14, 15 and I applied or I subscribed for a social insurance name and number. But now I would like to unsubscribe. I would like to go back to what I was like before I had ever subscribed to that because I like my state then more than my that, and you know it's like, yeah, it just just takes time to, uh, essentially, how long we're going to walk in darkness or be abused, to the extent where it's like, okay, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Try to act like God and commit suicide? You know, as if you, I am in control of my own life. You know, watch this, watch me kill myself. You know, I have power over my own life. It's like, no, you don't, but. Uh, you, know, you know, people either commit suicide or they say or they just suffer their whole entire lives blindly, God willing for righteousness sake, because the Lord says that if anybody does the will of the Lord, even though they don't believe, the, the Lord can't deny himself. So there's going to be people out there who are very charitable. There's going to be people out there who are very kind. 
but maybe they don't believe. But they still act Christ-like on a daily basis, unlike some people who say they're Christians and don't do anything Christian ever. You know, so uh, yeah, I mean, to the one who, and then they might come to God, and then there's those who might come to God, and those who might come to God, then Amen. You know, they'll be saved. Uh, they'll be saved much sorrow and woe, because that sorrow and woe is unto the world and those that are of the world, whereas. Uh, we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord and be full. He wants our joy and our love to be full in him and fullness so full that the overflow is righteousness. The overflow of his spirit in us is like righteousness because it just flows onto everybody, unto the filling them up also of the good news, right? And 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 if we go into like certain scriptures, uh, Peter 2 Peter 1 in the same as uh, where I was talking about earlier regarding no scripture being of any private interpretation. Peter also says in 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like I hadn't even read the Holy Bible. And all I had was Daniel guiding me to say, make your, uh, put on the document, I elect God as my savior and my master. Mm -hmm. And one year later, it was brought to me to uh, know the Lord. So there was an entrance. And, you know, I still don't consider myself as if I'm saved or anything like that. I would never do that. But that's what I experienced. And I just try to work hard every day so that I'm not a hypocrite. That's pretty much what it comes down to every day, just not being a hypocrite. And I already know I already know where my unrighteousness stands every day because, you know, I have more than one pair of shoes and I have more than enough food to eat. And I have, uh, um, you know, more than more than just food and clothing. And, uh, you know, I by no means consider myself someone righteous, but I pray that the Lord in due time might consider us righteous. Right. Very good. Thanks for that. And uh, and so what what does God's elect mean? I don't want to um, do an injustice to my understanding by saying my understanding. But so what does that mean? God's elect. That's that's starting to point. And somebody actually had a, a question in the chat about uh, I believe it was the rapture and and end times. And there's um, prophecy around. God's elect that, you know, who, who those are, that are going to be, I'll let you take it from here. So I just don't do uh, injustice to it. Um, no, you're not doing any injustice whatsoever. Um, the elect are those chosen in Christ Jesus from before the foundation of the world. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're given that sentence period. And then after it's given us to know that, his face or the spirit of his holiness was on the face of the deep, but it doesn't tell us, you know, when he created the deep and uh, he began to create through his word from that moment forward. And when we read that and believe it, that makes us his elect because only his elect could be in his word from before the earth was even created. So it's written that Christ Jesus, you know, is our, our Lord and Savior from before the foundation of the world. So if he's our Lord and Savior from before the foundation of the world, and we're saved by him in belief and faith, 
in God's word, because Christ is God's word that proceeded from his chest, um, that makes us elect. If it's possible in these times, even that are now, the Lord shall not essentially save even his very elect, because the evil is so thick, the darkness is so dark, that if it were possible, even his very elect would be deceived. If it were possible, it's written, suggesting that it's not possible. And that's like, you know, not to say that I'm great or I'm elect, but that's how I feel. Like sometimes, like, you know, like what happened a week ago when I was when I was uh, just detained. It's just like I don't even have like really anything to say because I'm just I, I'm I, I'm sad. But I and I could be wrong at the darkness that's on people's minds. Like, how do you have a conversation with someone who doesn't understand like anything almost you know what i mean or the only thing they understand is kind of like beating like you know people act like dogs and if people act like dogs you know dogs have to be talked to roughly dogs have to be you know disciplined physically and they understand the lash they don't really understand certain things and it's like you know it's really sad to think about oneself as being elect and someone else not so instead of even thinking like that you know, I like to just preach the gospel, you know, and I just like to preach the gospel and go out there. And I don't think to myself as if I'm saved. And I don't think to myself as if I know who's going to be elect or who's not going to be elect. But I labor as fervently as I can, uh, trying to not be a hypocrite, according to what the Lord has taught me, and uh, not be offensive to people out there or in a society that is bent that is bent on the act or the commitment of offense. It's almost like, you know, don't look up, you know, it's an offense, you know, you know don't look down. That's an offense. Like uh, when you're, when you're walking in a situation like that, it's healthy to know the old Testament laws because that's what's being used against us. And then it's healthy to know the new Testament and Christ, like I said before in the other interview, Christ and John the Baptist are the examples. They're forerunners. They're forerunners of, of what it is to be righteous. Because if you're in the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey, if you're wearing a, a camel hair girdle wrapped around your waist with something that you can find, you know, maybe you don't even have shoes. You know, what can anybody say to you? You know, like you're an offense just to look at. You know what I mean? Like you look offensive. I'm going to detain you or something like that like so you know we have to really pull ourselves back even though we might be elect or we might be of a royal priesthood or we might be living according to the royal law of liberty um we still have to pull ourselves back and realize that if something that we're doing even though we're elected to do it or all things are lawful for us it doesn't mean that we go out there and do that just because we can you know sometimes a lot of the times it's it's conducting self oneself very poor, right? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So, you know, I, I aspire to be meek, even if uh, you might or ask me that, if you know, thing about election, as if maybe thinking that I am one or as if I could answer that question worthily, right? Yeah, it's a very, interesting, very interesting subject. subject. Oh, we got oh, some, we got some feedback. feedback. I'll just mute you while uh, I'm talking. And then I'll unmute you again when I'm not. So yeah, the other concept of elect, like it sets up, it sets up 
uh, a certain kind of division, the, those who are the elect and those who are not. Oh, Scott is here. That's awesome. Election is not selection of individuals. That That's actually one of the questions I was going to ask is what is the difference between election and and uh, selections. So that's that's um, that's really good. I'll let you talk about that. I'm glad you're here, Scott. Hmm. Well, interesting. Did you did you unmute me? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, selection and election. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I suppose that's just going to not have anything much to do with me. More towards the definitions of the words. I can go into this. Uh, Black's Law Dictionary here and uh, fourth edition and look up the word at law for election. So that means if we speak the word election in a court, you know, this is what it should mean to other individuals who are participating in a court scene uh, actor impression. Um, so election, the act of choosing or selecting one or more from a greater number of persons, things, courses, or rights. The choice of an alternative. The internal free and spontaneous separation of one thing from another. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. There you go. This is a good one. The internal, free, and spontaneous separation of one thing from another without compulsion, consisting in intention and will. <laughs> that is excellent. So these are like, you know, very uh, wonderful minds. Uh, that, that, that was great. Um, yeah, that that. Selection is even in there. So, I mean, the Holy Bible says make your election sure, not your selection. Uh, if you you know you want to dabble into that further, I'll let you do that. Uh, but that's election. Amazing. Amazing. Sort of what I was just saying, not so eloquently worded. And so is there any difference to you in how the Bible treats that that word or that concept of election and, and what you just read from the the um, black slot. Well, the the Holy Bible is using these words uh, necessarily, God willing. I mean, if there's any sort of dis dis uh, discrepancy, then we can go into the concordance and look into the Greek the definition and word of the word that was translated into election in the Holy Bible. But I mean that that for me, my spiritual experience by will and intent was the election of god and and that's what happened for me it was the immediate separation of my heart and my bowels and my mind from one thing by my will and intent not because i was being compulsed by anybody to do it and uh and felt you know and that's what that's where and i rejoice because the lord has given us that power like you know, we did not come out of the womb with a birth certificate wrapped around our leg or with a tag uh, stamped on our on our body. So, uh, you know, for anybody out there who feels comfortable continuously acting as a slave for another man or another woman, uh, what can what can I say to them or 
uh, what can I say against that? You know, I, it's free will, right? So uh, if, if somebody knows what their election of a member of parliament or a prime minister or something, if they know what that feels like or what that means, then they'll know what you know, any election means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I intuitively know, like electing God, that's that's the one. I feel like I, I did that as a child and keep doing that. <clears throat> it's the simplest thing to me. And uh, yeah, I was just curious what the Bible was saying about that through your eyes. And um, if there's anything, I don't know if there's anything more you want to share on on the subject that, um, you know, how how is uh, one elected or so, not selected? I still I still don't totally get the difference between election and selection, but maybe I just have to come back and, and uh, listen to this. Scott is saying from a biblical perspective, election is the same as um, Chosek, is that is that a typo or just a word I don't know? Chosek, chosen probably, from a biblical perspective. Yeah, like that. That's that's how I that's how I would have understood it is is being chosen by God for for God's work, and uh, so also <clears throat> implying you know some are chosen, some are not, and and to, to at what point does free will become the deciding factor that like could God, could God choose you and then you just say no God <laughs> I'm not I'm not accepting oh yeah that's a scary thing that's written of much right uh, you know the mercy of God towards Jonah who was in the whale of the in the belly of the whale for three days uh, and three nights because he ran away from his responsibilities to the Lord or to the Lord calling him choosing him. Uh, yeah, you know, we can only hope that the Lord will be that merciful unto us. Uh, I mean, if that is something that people could bear, even being in the whale of a, in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights. But um, yeah, I mean, we could totally. I, I would say to to to, to maybe um, sort of, I guess, quell that concern. I would say that God selects us, right? We can't select God because if we go into that same uh, Black's Law Dictionary, we'll look at the word select, and it says to take by preference from among others. To take by preference from among others, to pick out, to cull. And uh, that sounds like what it is to be a member of the Ecclesia. When we're a member of the Ecclesia, that means selected out from something, called out from something, and separated. So the Lord, when he calls us, you know, boom, it's written that many are called, but few are chosen. Uh, but when he calls us and he, and he plucks us out from the world and separates us unto the Ecclesia, that's how we have words like secular having such clear definitions like of the world belonging to the world and its affairs as distinct from the Ecclesia of God. So we, we cannot be entered into the Ecclesia of God by state. The state has no moral compass. The state has no moral purpose. It's just for enforcement. It's just for government. The state is just a tool. But that which is called out from that, you know, being a servant, being a beast, being a fornicator or an adulterer with the whore that's full of many names of blasphemy, all the things that were given the example of regarding how it feels like that's how I was treated a week ago. I'm traveling down the road with my wife in an automobile. And for nothing, somebody comes and it might not have took place physically, but they essentially 
forced themselves upon me, you know, like, like raped, like attempted rape uh, mentally, psychologically, intellectually, mm-hmm. and then uh, force you to say that you're willing to see them again after before they let you go. You know, it's like a straight up, straight up rape. And, uh, you know, uh, when we're called out from being in that sort of beastly mode to coming into holiness and righteousness, that's, that's almost like God selecting us from among everything there and putting us in another, in another state of being or another mind, a new heart. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I definitely would choose God if I can, if I, if I might make that election sure and uh if he selects us we're blessed we really hope for that and that's why we try to you know do things righteously so that if we have children he might bless those children also and uh through our our cleanness or our keeping ourselves clean from the world um and what was that uh, last point you sort of just asked because i just want to tie it in uh it was just about being chosen and the and the free will around that 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 God is calling you and then it's it sounds like you actually choose yourself right that that God calls and then and then you, you are the one who makes the choice yeah so nobody comes to know the lord except the lord call him so leads us to do it and that's something i found interesting because from what i saw you know vaguely because i didn't have much knowledge people were persecuting people who weren't going to church on sundays or weren't letting people who knocked at their doors come in and talk to them about things you know these were bad people because they had no interest in those things but it doesn't say anywhere to do that it says that no one comes to know god or jesus christ except god or jesus christ bring them to know so um you know unless we're called to know the lord we could pick up the Holy Bible all day and it's just looking like looking at a wall, you know what I mean? Or just looking at nothing. So, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's written wisdom is justified of her children and the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. So, um, yeah, I suppose if we're elect, God willing, we'll shine like lights in the world. And if not, then we won't. (laughs) <laughs> right. And so it's it, it doesn't sound like something that you can be sure about. I mean, it'd be a, a hard statement to make in public, like, I am the elect, right? That, that would be uh, setting you up for a little bit of, a, um, you know, there's there could be pride in it, right? So cl- the claiming to be the elect is not exactly a graceful thing to do. Uh, I've, ne- I've never seen anyone in the Holy Bible call themselves a saint. And it won't be me. I won't. I won't do it either. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just wouldn't wouldn't go over well. So yeah, it's, it still remains a mystery. Then really, right? That uh, in, unless you just know in in your heart of hearts, and you don't you don't talk to anybody about it. And there's lots of evidence for that. Like you know, when you when you do good works, don't run around telling everybody. When you fast, keep it to yourself. Um, don't don't always. Uh, go and congratulate yourself or tell somebody, oh, I just made this big sacrifice for you. Just just keep it uh, close between you and God. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. 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 Well yes, said. Thing. Mm-hmm. Well Thank summarized. Mm-hmm. I was just reading that in Matthew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, then I'm not sure exactly where 
we uh, could go with, with this. I was, I was, um, do you want to talk about grace? Like, because that's, you know, electing God's grace, bringing God's grace into your life. What I think everybody knows the, the difference between having God's grace and not having it. <laughs> or is that, you know, again, is there some interpretation there that when things start to go bad, uh, say, if we use your example, since you've been forthcoming with it and, and appreciate that by the way that you know when you got arrested and they abducted you and did violence and you know raped you uh, in that in that respect uh, that you were talking then um do you consider that that's a fall you know is that a fall from grace is that something that you consider actually to be grace or is it yet to be revealed the the nature of that uh, that that when bad things happen to good people, you know, I don't think you find that in the Bible. Is it, what was what's your experience? Is, is there a God has why hast thou forsaken me moment, or did you never feel that to be happening? Those words came out of my mouth. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Yeah, certainly, I said those things while I was inside the prison. Um, lama sabachthani, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel those things, but um, every hour of every day, the Lord is in control of everything. And if that after five and a half, five years cruising around in the automobile, no issue. And then this officer sees me that one time. Uh, I'm not thinking to myself, like, this is some random occurrence or some strange thing that's happening to me. I know that I have something to do or uh, some purpose for the Lord. And uh greater than what it is I'm doing at present or entering into it. And grace, it, I, I think like for many people who might be listening, one of the loveliest things about grace is, or to understand grace by, is when we were first created, uh, there, there was none of this, you know, there was no need for these interviews. There was no law. There was no um, circumcision. When we were, when we were first created, we were completely under grace. We didn't even know we were naked. You know, that he, this beauty, think about the beauty in that, if one might. You know, people can believe in universes and planet theory and all this crazy stuff. Well, why not be able to believe in the truth, right? Think about being created in a garden, you and a woman, or a woman and a man. Think about being created in a paradise where you don't even have to be clothed. You don't even know you're clothed. You don't have to work. There's no rain. There's no cold. You can talk to the animals. <laughs> like, think of, you know, every herb, every fruit is given for you for meat. Nothing eats each other. Like, that's, that's a very gracious experience to be just provided earth, life, love, beauty, peace, food, kindness, joy, things that you don't even see as joy and kindness because it just is there's no definition for it you know there's no contrary to it that is the lord placing us under grace but by man desiring wisdom knowledge of good and evil by man having free will the lord had to subject us to these sorts of things to the vileness and to the evilness that comes in with law, evil, transgression, sin, all things which are despising unto the Lord, which in the beginning he created us 
separate from. He created us completely separate from those things. But he didn't take it away from us to have free will. And by an evil messenger, a messenger of evil, Eve was deceived to believe that it was wise and fruitful, a good thing to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because it's written that she saw it as something to make one wise. You know, in her graced state, she was able to discern from that state that this was something that might make one wise. So she took it and she ate of it and she gave some to Adam and he ate of it. And then since Christ Jesus has come, he's remedied all of that knowledge of good and evil that we had to come by, that it took thousands of years for us to sort of come to pass with, sort of come to understand to the fullness of the times come in Christ Jesus, where now that the knowledge of the Lord and forgiveness of sins and the righteousness that forgives, you know, every animal ever slain, every sacrifice for blood and sin, all these things are come to an end and we're restored. We are restored to that same state. So once upon a time, we were in the earth. There was just, you know, two of us, one man, one woman, and there wasn't an opportunity yet for them to multiply in that state very quickly, it seems. They divulged themselves uh, into the knowledge of good and evil and uh, had to get onto the journey that led us all the way to where we're at now. But, you know, for the last 2,000 years of it to us, for us reaching our part here now, uh, we've been in the grace of the Lord and the Gentiles, just like the Jews 2,000 years ago. Now the Gentiles have had full opportunity to bask in the glory of God and to do great things in the name of God, just like the people of Israel or the Jews back then had opportunity being so close to God. And now that it's almost like the same condemnation is coming towards all people now, not just Jews, but Gentiles also, because they've had the opportunity to fully acknowledge him and fully come up with words that mean completely separate from him. And, uh, you know, for those who are entering into grace now, so think about that, like you're converted back to a state where you're like Adam and Eve. Like you don't even recognize that you're naked. Like you're not embarrassed. You're not humiliated by things that the world is embarrassed or humiliated by. You just are. You're baptized and like you forget the old man or the old woman and you're immediately converted into this new state of being where you don't recognize sin and evil in other people and you don't recognize sin and evil in yourself. But we are also a new creature. We're not quite Adam and Eve anymore. Now we're also commanded to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. So we have to like walk this fine path, just like the Lord says, straight and narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life and few there be that find it. Um, part of walking that path is being restored fully under grace. So the government, you know, what we're dealing with everywhere we go should be extending courtesy and favor to the elect or the chosen of God, which is what we try to inspire in others to have towards us because for some reason they're going to go ahead and continue to follow the path that they're following and it's not for us to judge them but at the same time they're also commanded to recognize even according to their own constitution they're commanded to recognize the supremacy of god and the supremacy of god equals or is 
likenable unto being completely under grace. Like we don't even need to worry about maxims of equity anymore. We don't even need to worry about, uh, you know, I guess matters of all caps names, all caps letters or anything like that. Like that's completely for them to deal with. And we are commanded by the Lord to be faithful unto death. So if we're going to be imprisoned, and he says in the book of Revelation that the Satan shall lock us up 10 days, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Like, I couldn't even do that. You know, I'm in jail for one night, and I'm just like, let me out of here, Lord, please. The really interesting thing is, is like, I didn't have to sign for anything. I didn't have to sign to get out. So it's very, very, very interesting. I'm still working on these things behind the scenes of these interviews. But uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely grace. When, when the Lord said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, um, you know, it's a powerful, it's a powerful thing. And I try to live as much uh, by grace as possible, believing in grace. And it's by grace that we're saved. There's nothing else that could have saved us, obviously, love. But the grace of God is what we're saved by. And we are saved by grace through faith that we are saved by grace. We cannot be saved by grace without faith that we're saved by grace. And, you know, I could try to say to a lot of people who think, like, well, what's the answer? What's the answer? What do I do? What do I do? Well, it's like there's no one in this world who's going to, like, you know, say, sign here and you'll be under grace. Like, nobody, nobody can put us, nobody can put us under grace. Only our faith and belief in Christ Jesus can bring us to be under grace. And we walk it every day and every hour of our life, which makes us strange to the world. And in some circumstance makes people of the world hate us or people who we were just in bed with. Now they're no more our friends, but we have to continue uh, to believe in the saving power of grace and that we're saved through it by faith. Mm, very beautiful. Thank you. Uh, I'd love to back up because I have a little, um, I often am, am musing about this, probably wrong word there, but uh, the, you know, the, the, the here where should I start? So back back in the Garden of Eden, in in where where grace was um, perfect. He didn't say that word, but that um, you know that there was there was nothing but grace. And why why do you think that God put that tree of knowledge and evil in the um, in in paradise there with Adam and Eve? Do you have any thoughts about that, or is there anything in the scripture that points to why that was? created in the first place and and would you consider that to be a um a temptation or or a t and or a test of adam and eve i think it's a beautiful aspect of our god for him to give us and to create us in ways that we might understand i was talking with someone about this just the other day and i think it might have been my uncle um you know he made us to know him through the love of a father and the love of a son or the love of a son to a father and the love of a father to a son. That's the example that he's given us to wit unto godliness, unto things that now have been estranged from the mind to be like planet theories and exoskeletons and aliens and stuff like that. You know, like they've distracted the mind of people from knowing the love of a father to a son and the love of a son to a father. And that also in the beginning, you know, a tree, how beautiful, right? A tree that produces fruit, that provides knowledge of good and evil. Um, 
if it wasn't for that tree, then, you know, there would be no, there would be no free will. There would be no choice, right? The, the seed of a serpent or the spirit of evil can be there saying whatever they want, but that tree was the gateway to the trespass or that tree was like the opening or the marker for a for a certain outcome or circumstance to take place it wasn't enough that the serpent had talked to them about evil things or suggestions of lies or words contrary to god they had to do something they had to be able to do something they had to be able to commit a sin so you know something as beautiful as just eating a fruit right I don't know. I mean, I think that's a beautiful way to give people free will. So then is is it that we by by Eve eating that apple that that she chose this free will that was not there before like the, it, it's the eating from the the forbidden tree of of the knowledge of good and evil that brought about free will is that a correct um, what you're saying there? Well, the, the tree, I guess it wasn't forbidden, but, you know, to, it was the forbidden. Fruit, of, eating the fruit, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was forbidden of Adam, and and, and, and God told Adam uh, not to eat from the tree, but he didn't directly tell Eve. It's, you know, Adam who informed Eve, I suppose, after her being created from him, that uh, we're not supposed to eat from that tree. Um, you know, maybe it's not written and God did talk to her also, who knows, but um, I, I just, I see it as a beautiful example of how we were given free will, how we were given the opportunity to have free will. Um, you know, it's not like Adam and Eve had to be induced to murder one another or, uh, I don't know, do something evil that was displeasing in God's sight. It was like a full-blown choice it was a full-blown choice and if not for that power to choose then there is no free will so i mean how how else how else would one i suppose my question to someone who's asking me the question about you know what about the tree what about the knowledge um you know, how else would someone m mind unto creation like how you know people are nowadays trying to make artificial intelligence and stuff like that robots and stuff and it's like you know how is how 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 might somebody in their godly capacity or their godliness create such a situation like you know jrr token comes close you know he tries to do this the uh, aluvatar and the silmarillion if you read into like certain aspects of the lord of the rings writer you know and he tries to talk about his accounts of like in his own imagination creation and, you know, people can do it, but, I mean, I'm not sure, I suppose, what more people desire. Uh, I guess they want to know, I don't know, that they, they didn't have a choice. They want to feel like, no, there was no choice. I had to eat from the tree. It was never a choice to begin with, you know. We never had to eat from it. I, I don't know. I mean, um Maybe. Yeah, it's a little it's a little chicken and the egg there because uh, in a way I'm hearing both things that it's the the tree of knowledge and of good and evil that that gave birth to this ability to choose evil and good of course but that it, they, she had to choose it in the first place right it it was 
and 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 written about as a as the, a major error that that set off like you know thousands of years of bad times actually and and so yeah i just i'm just really curious like why did god create that temptation for adam and eve you know everything was so perfect and and grace was was perfect in in that in that time so what was what could be the purpose of of creating that forbidden fruit like that it that it needed to exist but that but that humans weren't to weren't to uh, imbibe and partake of that because it's not i was actually just hearing the word the the word partake today like it's really it's really um joining with something that's not you and and yours uh so i just i just find that interesting because the i also think about free will as 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 the gift, right? This is what we are. That what 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 we've been given. What what a different kind of existence if there was no free will. If we couldn't choose God, what would be the power in it, right? That it would just be something you wouldn't even be aware of it, like a like a fish in water. You wouldn't be aware of the water if you couldn't choose God and you couldn't um, also choose evil and see. Oh, wow! That's what happens when I choose evil. Here's what happens when I choose God. And uh, and and the gift of that. So, do you, do you see free will as a gift, or is it a, is it part of the curse? I think what I hear you talking about is a gift. And mm-hmm. if and if you would prefer to refer to the tree in the garden as a temptation of God rather than the gift of God, that's where I would ask you. I say, like, does would you, would you you know would you desire or would you prefer to perceive the tree of knowledge and good and evil that was in the midst of the garden as a temptation put there of god or does it not directly say that the 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 serpent was tempting eve to eat the fruit no it doesn't say that he tempted eve to eat the fruit it just says that he was the most subtle creature in the garden and uh you know he oh let me see let's look at it how about that Okay, that sounds good. And there's lots of good comments here too. I want to go back to some of your comments that are here. All right. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So it doesn't say that he tempted her. He just said unto the woman these things. He lied to her. And he beguiled and he beguiled her. Yeah, right. So 
Yeah, that's how they they tempt you with lies, right? If if they told you the truth, then no one would be tempted. <laughs> well, the thing the thing is is it's uh you know it's wisdom it's wisdom and the serpent was more wise than any creature in the garden so you know that means he's more wise than Adam and Eve at that time <laughs> so um, you know he uh, he definitely he definitely told some some things there that uh, I don't think I would have been able to resist myself at those times you know I don't think I would have been so righteous I mean it's you know some of my friends like would think to themselves like Adam is completely cursed he di he directly disobeyed an order of God um, and I would never put myself in a situation where I would even think about those things but I mean that's the reality of it but you know the Lord is merciful like you know you create something that is so pure and so innocent and put it there and you got something evil like that uh, also around the same place God's not uh, you know, God's not a fool to uh, not know what he's doing. And when I think about these things at present, and I, you know, God willing, possess the spirit to mind unto these things, um, it's interesting that the Lord says that he's going to bring the blood of all the righteous, all the righteousness of the world upon the evil. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the beginning of it right there. You know, like that spirit right there, that, just cannot cease from doing evil. Even though he told the truth, they did become like gods. Uh, he lied and he said that he shall not die. But, you know, it's possible that he will die because there's some people out there who will never turn to know the Lord. And they will end up dying. And that will be upon the devil and the spirit of evil also. But, you know, the spirit of evil, it's, uh, it's just an amazing thing, right? Because... The Lord is all. He's everything. So this aspect of himself that he puts away from himself forever, it's, a, it's an amazing thought. You know? It's like the lake of fire and everything that's in it is also of God. You know, it's like, so he has to put away from himself and from one aspect or a part of himself. So he, the, right now... He himself is witnessing unto us, and we're going through the processes of parts of himself being mixed together. The wheat is growing with the tares. But in the times that we hope for to come, we will be separated again, like we're separated in this world unto the body of Christ, anew. And we will also be made anew in a time, in a place where he will completely divide us from those aspects of himself. From that evilness of himself, where we were once before, but I suppose even better, because through the aspects of knowledge of good and evil coming in, we have been made a new creature, something that's greater than a man, but and also greater than an angel, a unique, a, a special kind of angel, special kind of creature. And that's what God wants. And, you know, we'll find out more, I suppose, once we get God willing to the kingdom. Uh, regarding, um, you know, how how the Lord's righteousness uh, is revealed unto us regarding what we have. What we have is what we have. And, um, you know, it's definitely not something that we should be worrying about 
uh, getting bogged, bogged down in or losing faith, uh, we should just be using it to protect ourselves because it's the truth. And all the other things that are being said out there by other people and other things, those are lies. And this knowledge here dispels the lies. And, and uh, you know, I suppose, God willing, if enough of us are doing it, we might be recognized together. Or even if it's on our own part, uh, you know, we'll be recognized by those in the world and those of the world who, who might witness unto us as uh, peaceful creatures. Blessed creatures. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm just going yeah, to mute you for one second before I ask a question. Um, this, this is, um, like, first of all, do you think that serpent in the garden, is that Satan? Uh, are Satan and Lucifer the same in in um, your reading of the Bible? Is that, that's a couple of questions there. I'll unmute you again. From what I understand, yeah, the spirit of the serpent is likenable unto the spirit of Satan because it's an adversary to God. That's what the word Satan means, adversary. And if you go back to the you know, um, Concordance Bible and we look at what those words mean, adversary. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, what was that second part? Oh, uh, yeah, regarding Lucifer, um, from what I understand, Lucifer is an angel of light, or the word Lucifer means angel of light. I think it's in Isaiah or Jeremiah, one of those books. And um, and from what I understand, you know, it's almost like the Lord is mocking the devil. He's saying, thou Lucifer, you know, you who've exalted himself so highly and all these great things talked about oneself. Uh, it's almost like he's, he's, he's an angel of darkness and the Lord is laughing at him or mocking him for being for 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 sort of trying to be that right to be that uh angel of light who's really a, a minister of evil so yeah i mean the spirit of evil lucifer uh lucifer is i think a, a mocking reference towards uh an ungodly son or an un ungodly child of god Oh, very good. Thanks for that. And um, do you think that we are right now in the time when, according to the prophecies of, of Revelation, is it Revelations? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Probably is that um, that Satan is reigning on this earth. Do you think we're there now? Uh, we can we can know that for um, for certain because two thousand years ago or so, when Christ was first here. If we go into the Gospels of Jesus Christ, it might be in Luke, uh, the full account is given there where the devil or the spirit of evil compels the Lord to be on the very high mountain. I'm thinking that's probably Everest. And he shows him all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment of time. This is what's written. He shows him all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment of time. And he says unto him that all these things are mine and unto whosoever I give it, I will. All you have to do is bow down before me and all will be thine. So what can we understand from the wisdom the Lord is giving us there through seeing involvements with the spirit of evil? The son of God is being tempted by the spirit of evil. And he's on the top of a mountain seeing all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment of time, tempted that 
you can have all those things and all the wickedness and the sinfulness that's going to go on in them at any time, all for all time until God draws the end. Uh, if he if he worships evil, so how can it be then that the Lord was shown all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment of time, and the power of them and everything about them, and how he could have them if he defected from God's word, if they're not for the devil? All kingdoms of the earth, every moment of time, he, he possesses between the firmament and the surface of the earth. But it's written of Jesus Christ when he came that he went into the earth. After he gave up the spirit, after being crucified, he gave up the spirit. He didn't die. He couldn't die. He could have just hung there on the cross forever if he wanted to. But he gave up the spirit and he put it down and he went down into the earth and preached the gospel to those who were killed by the flood and those who had died after the flood and all the souls that are in the earth. He went and preached the gospel that he preached in the earth. He preached the gospel there also. And he banished the devil from such places and he took the keys of death and hell. So now Christ has the keys of death and hell. And upon tasting of death, he determines what becomes of us. But the devil, the spirit of evil, it's written that he is the prince of the power of the air. And he's only got between the surface of the earth and the firmament. And that's this domain here. And he tempts people and he rules and he runs these kingdoms. But no matter what, he's subject to the Lord. And if the Lord will bless us to be faithful as a grain of mustard seed and rise up to be a tree so that birds lodge in the branches of it. So meaning like, you know, one of us, you, me, anybody who at any time is faithful enough as a grain of mustard seed, to stand up and say, oh, I believe in the Lord, and if the Lord is for me, who can be against me? And we, you know, or whoever it is, if we do it together, we just go on a piece of land and we just begin to be there and grow there and sanct take sanctuary there and have faith towards God that he will keep his sword and everything like that away, then he, do then he doeth that. And if he, we do go to do that and some of us get taken and some of us get martyred, then that's his will too. He bruised Christ. It wasn't an accident that Christ was bruised. And therefore, if we get bruised or we taste of death in any certain way, just like the Lord said, he said to Pontius Pilate, right to his face, not for himself, but for our sake. You could have no power over me whatsoever, except it was given you of God. <laughs> Period. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, yes. That's beautiful. Good answer. Thank you very much. I want to go back to some of the comments. I don't know what your time's like. I didn't uh, check with you in advance, but if you have a little bit more time, there's there's lots of uh, comments and uh, questions. I'd be curious. Uh, uh, Tanya is here, and she says that um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is the re reptilian brain. The tree of life is the pineal brain. The garden is the brain. Do you, do you have any um, opinion on that kind of interpretation? Uh, no, I don't. I, but, uh, you know, I'm not against uh, people having their, their understandings. Before God brought, brought me to know Christ, like maybe uh, 10, 10, 10 years ago or so, maybe 12 years ago, uh, a time came in my life where, even though I didn't have much knowledge of the Holy Bible, I thought to myself, like, I had this good news Bible that my grandmother had given me, and I always reverenced uh, the Word of God. I never put anything on top of the Bible. I never would. 
And uh, but this Good News Bible, I just thought to myself in these moments, then I was like, you know, Father, forgive me. I believed in God. I didn't know Christ. I, I was only reading certain books that my grandma had told me to read. and I didn't know why. And uh, I said, you know, Lord, I have to put away this this Holy Bible. I have to put it away from myself and just I don't want to know anything. I thought to myself, like, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything. I don't want to have any knowledge whatsoever, no knowledge. So I refused to use the word no for years, like K-N-O-W. And I went and I went on to have, uh, you know, philosophical understanding. So I was looking at the world from perspectives of ego and integrity, from perspectives of love versus fear, of, it, of perspectives of hate versus understanding, uh, mind versus uh, mindfulness versus mindlessness. And, you know, and I, I try to understand things from uh, a self self sort of serving or self-helping understanding. And I see it similar to what she's she's putting there. And, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to take away from her perspectives, but I mean, I can't dig too deep into uh, what she's saying there just because um, I understand that it's the way she's feeling, you know, and, and uh, I don't know. I mean, if I ever meet her. Wherever face to face, or you know, if we ever get into communications together, I can take a more in depth look at what her thoughts might be. Mm -hmm. I can't. I'm, lo I'm looking in the in the comments, but I'm, I'm not finding it. So. Yeah, if uh, if you can't find her, Tanya Marie, if you can't find her, just let me know, and if if you want to have a conversation, I'm happy to introduce you guys for sure. Uh, Rick, a while back, said symbolic versus literal interpretation. Do you do you have the sense that the Bible is multi layered in in its meaning, like everything from the symbol to to the um, you know, there's people that talk about it like astro theology. I bet you're not a fan of that. Um, you know that everything is is uh, symbolic and not literal, or both symbolic and literal. Yeah, for certain. You know, we're given that example from the Holy Bible. So Paul himself lets us know that the Lord has said that thou shalt not muzzle the the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. And he literally goes on to say, you know, do you think that the Lord is taking consideration for the ox? Like, no, he's letting us know that if we go out there to preach the word of God. Thou shalt not muzzle or not not feed the mouth of the servant or the slave that's out there preaching the gospel, right? The Lord's taking care for us. So like, yeah, for as much as he's saying, you know, thou shalt not uh, muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads up the corn. In reality, like if you have an ox and you're treading and he's treading up the corn, thou shalt not muzzle his mouth. But at the same time, you know, he's letting, he's taking consideration for us also, right? Mm -hmm. So... There's layers for sure. Mm -hmm. there's, certain, there's certainly layers. Yeah, from the spirit all the way out to the world. Beautiful. That's awesome. Um, Evan was saying, I don't think the discovery of the free will from the tree and ability to choose. I don't think it's the discovery of free will from the tree and ability to choose just the awareness of good and evil. Yeah. So I think I've sorted that out for myself as well. Evan now yet yeah, because she had to choose it <laughs> she had to choose that she had to have had free will before that fact so that helped me um cheryl was saying battle of land in pineal pineal gland pine cone tree of life we are closed in the skin of our covering yeah i feel i feel her i feel her i understand you know um uh if uh cheryl if you're feeling like uh I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you're tuning in to Beth's channel because there's something about her and her cho choices in life that appeal to you. And, uh, 
you know, if this is kind of knowledge that you're receiving through Beth's efforts for the first time, yeah, you know, it could cause you to feel like, you know, our uh, 12-year calcified sodium fluoridated pineal gland is, uh, you know, being burst open with uh, bright, bright light and knowledge and God willing, let that healing come in for sure. Like if that's, you know, battle in the land of pineal, like if that's happening inside of your mind right now, you know, that's, that's amazing. Uh, so be it, you know, let it happen. Along the same lines, James, do you think about the Christos oil, that that's, that's something that uh, I, I swear I have an experience of that now having learned it. Like when, when revelation comes, when there's awareness and a, and a, and a, just an opening to knowledge. I can, I can, I feel I can literally um, sense the the descending of Christos oil inside my own brain. It, do you do you have any experiences like that, or would you call it that? I suppose. I mean, I, I maybe maybe I, it's just a matter of um, how the sensation comes over one of us. You know, I I, I didn't really think about it as being. Uh, but maybe, maybe I do, maybe I do feel like it was almost like the consistency of oil, like coming into me, coming upon me. I don't know. I mean, the times that I have had beautiful moments of just feeling like so blessed that you read something like five times and you don't understand it. And then like by the six or seven time you come to understand it, it feels so good. It feels mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, let's see. So yeah, Rick was just saying it doesn't make sense that God would then punish the choice. <clears throat> yeah, I get I get a little stuck there too. First you create the opportunity and then you punish punish for that. Um, so let me just see if there's anything else. The battle of good and evil. Cheryl again said, um, "Lie Armageddon is in the mind to balance good and evil. Armageddon happens in the battle of in, in pineal. So we're still talking pineal there." <laughs> <laughs> that's all good and fine I've, i'm more aware of my brain than i ever have been and it, it was actually from just studying where um the programming is installed and how you know there obviously fear is the main tool of the enemy that if they can scare us get us off our game uh, ignore the fact that god said fear not and you know, I can feel the part of my brain that that uh, is is that basic, like "Oh my God, I'm going to die," kind of thing, and uh, how how it gets hijacked, and there becomes a certain amount of um, control that I can have over that with awareness. Some people have called that biofeedback. Some people might call that like wicked um, manipulation of God's creation. Where where do you stand on that? Do you do you? Um, are you are you able like say when you have something uh hard or painful in your mind or your heart what's your method to relieve that suffering is it is it a kind of transformation for you uh is it is it just the asking and receiving of 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 healing I think I'm done my question. Did my question make any sense? The word of the Lord is everything. Yes, Beth. Yes. You know, the word of the Lord is everything. And um, I thank him for giving me the strength and the time. Like I say to people, count your blessings because if the Lord has provided us time where we can be laying back, reading the Bible, 
that is a that is something to count. Like you know, my friends who were like, you know, I don't have time. Say, well, your parents, for instance, you know, your your parents are still willing to let you live with them. Yes, you know, you don't have to work. No, they're gonna feed you. Yeah, it's like you couldn't be honoring them any greater than taking that time with them to go through the Holy Bible and know the Word. That way, when things begin to happen, just like it says in Proverbs, um, I just used this scripture this morning with the folks who have graciously took my wife and I in uh, this winter. Um, uh, I was just reading this for them this morning, and this is uh, Proverbs, and the Lord is letting us know that wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. This is Proverbs uh, chapter 1, 20, for anyone who wants to grab their Holy Bible and look at it. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge, and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. <laughs> People are literally being filled with nanotech devices right now. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, if we go through the word and we keep that with us, anytime calamity comes, he'll be there for us. But if we don't, when the calamity comes, you know, he's, he's, I, I don't want to be in a state where the Lord throws me outside bound hand and foot, where he says there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For me, every moment something happens, whether it's good or evil, uh, because the Lord gave me that time in the first three years of this journey, right? The first three years was just... Word, 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 you know, hours. Like, I would never even be entertaining the thought of uh, being participant to a, an interview like this, which is why, you know, still I try to be as discreet as possible just because, you know, I, I would never uh, seek to uh, exalt myself, especially the example that we're given of Christ when he hid himself away from the people, when he knew that they were going to take him by force to make him a king. He hid himself away from them, and it's written, he knew what was in man. He knew what was in man. He didn't need that any man told him anything. 
he didn't need to be justified before man either. I'm not saying that I do, but I definitely try to walk as he did. And um, yeah, anytime uh, something happens, the word of the Lord is there to see us through. It's like it's light unto our footsteps. And, you know, we, we see something evil happen and the word is there if we if we have the word abiding in us. And we have to take time to, to be able to go through it. And I just hope that for everybody, because it's good to have men like me, you know, God willing, God witness, that uh, I don't lead anybody in any sort of unrighteousness uh, by my words or by my examples. But uh, what I would like is that everyone have a strong relationship with Christ Jesus, which I hope that that is my purpose in this life, to strengthen people's bonds with Jesus Christ for themselves so they don't have to fill in this uh, church mold that has been pressed upon the earth for the last like, 150 years now you know so yeah the word the word answers for all those things uh you know any kind of evil or anything kind of bad that comes boom the word is right there and if you ever you know feel like you need you want to ask me like what might the word have to say about you know something that's going on in my life i can try to direct you to the right scripture for sure mm -hmm. that's lovely thank you uh, maybe this will be the last question just for the sake of time and I have the great fortune that you're coming on tomorrow uh, to the Manitoba Lawful Action Group. So if you're in Manitoba or e even in Canada, there's there are some people that are just from uh, around the country. It's a, a study group where we're just learning together. I've uh, declared it to be faith-based so that we can stay on track with the way that the Bible and the law are uh, uh, interacting and uh depending upon one another, if you could frame it that way. So James is going to be on at 8 p.m. Wednesday tomorrow. There is, I believe, a link below the show notes here. If you're in Manitoba or Canada and you'd like to be part of that, you can sign up with your email and you'll get the direct link to Telegram. I have to add you to the Telegram group. If uh, I'll, I'll do that after, James. And so this might be the last question. And, and so Tanya is saying uh, that we are Lucifer, if we go back to Lucifer, that uh, Lucifer is the, the fetus and the ego. Uh, Christ is the placenta. We are fallen angels. What would you, uh, how would you respond to that, that we are Lucifer, we are fallen angels? Well, I mean, how, how, would, how would you, what would you say? I'd, I'd say no. Like, I, I, don't, I don't relate with that personally. Um, and and then you know that, that uh, putting putting God and and uh, and Satan, it, it's often the case where it's talked about like two sides of the same coin. You got the light, you got the shadow. Uh, to me, that's all uh, a, a manipulation of of the the truth. That now I'm not you know I'm, I know I'm going to get an argument. <laughs> it's okay, we're already in, in an <laughs> argument. We're we're already in an argument. Uh, so it's no not the uh, a huge loss here. But but I don't I just don't see that. I don't find evil in God. I don't find it. And I and I, and I resort to my own inner experience because you know that's that's what I've got. That's what I've been given. This is this is what I can study. And of course of course scripture and. And knowledge, and I love to hear it through people's lived experiences because I can't always get what I need from from uh, something that I have no context in. I, I learn much better through through um, a living man or woman than I than I do from words on a page. I know that you probably have something to say about that, but yeah, I don't I don't feel we are Lucifer. What would you say about that? Well, it's given to us. The Lord is has created us 
living souls and because of our election or our choice in the garden to eat from the tree that the Lord told us not to, now we've found out that the Lord has made us gods. So whether we're going to be gods of evil or gods of good, uh, I think that's what the lady there was talking about. You know, if that's where her heart is at, you know, then, you know, all we can do is, God willing, keep getting together in faith and in light of Christ Jesus, our Lord, and in his word, and hope that the more that she watches, the more that she feels healed by or from those things by that that we're talking about or that we're sharing in council together about. It's certainly a choice, certainly a choice. Uh, so it would so. be something that you would, if that were the case, that that you, you know, not you, James, but that that uh, mm -hmm. someone is Lucifer. It would be by choice, like they would they would actually be that. Well, what is Lucifer? So, um, so we go into the scripture. Uh, let's see here, which scripture that is. That fallen angel. All right, so we're going into. Isaiah 14. So let's go into Isaiah 14 and see what the Lord has to say about this. So we're going to go to, we're going to begin from 4. So from Isaiah 14, 4. Oh, actually, sorry, we're going to go from. Uh, and it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased? The golden city ceased. The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger, is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir tree, the fir trees rejoice at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller is come up against us. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? 
how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So anyone who's like that, right, this weirdo world that we're living in of people who, you know, chop down trees unnecessarily, you know, lay waste to God's creation, exalt themselves like you know i want to be an american idol i want to be a canadian idol you know people they don't have no fear of god no more nowadays all these people who are wrapped up in the broad and spacious way that leads to destruction anyone who's in that yeah i guess they're going to be likenable unto angels of light that conduct themselves darkly or people who are supposed to be great who account themselves unworthy of everlasting life There you go. Well, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. So many comments. You guys are really into this. <laughs> I think we are coming down to the um, the end of this broadcast. It's pretty much the end of my light too. That I let the light decide in the in the winter when the time is up. So much. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for coming. Thank you, James, for joining me again. There's, as you can see, I've got like a million questions. I'm I'm just uh, I'm just enjoying being able to ask them from somebody who's gone much deeper in this than I have and uh, look forward to hosting you tomorrow as well. Is there any closing words that you would like to share with people? Oh, uh, there's one one last question here. I, I just popped up from Scott. Uh, do you believe in the God of the Old Testament? Is, is, the father, is that the father that Jesus spoke about? It's a great question. I, I was just uh, reading his exact, I was just reading his comment also. Mm. Uh, may I ask James, do you believe the God of the Old Testament is the father that Jesus spoke about? It's interesting. Um, so, Scott, something that we need to understand, and this is a healthy thing for everyone to understand, for all of us. This is something that the Lord has revealed unto me to understand. God is life by himself, beside himself. There's no other. So, like, look at the little Jane, the little J on the screen, you know, and look at the, how my voice is expanding out from that little J on the screen. So, perceive God omnipotent unto himself, like this purple dot that says J in there. Anything that proceeds out of him is Jesus Christ. Because he created with his word. So, when you ask, do you believe the God of the Old Testament is the father that Jesus spoke of? Jesus was the father speaking. Jesus came from the chest of God, the same way this little gray circle comes out of this purple thing. So anytime we're reading of the word of the Lord, we're reading of Christ. You cannot have something that is a creation in itself omnipotent a consuming fire and if something proceeds from that creative existence not be a life anything that proceeds from creation must be a creation 
and he created all things and everything that we know through his word. Except, like I said in the beginning, there's things that the Lord hath kept to himself, God Almighty, not the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, he doesn't even know when God is sending him the second time. He doesn't even know when God is going to send him the second time. But that is because the word of God is subject to God. Because God is greater than his word. But the word of God proceeds from God. So it cannot be not Christ Jesus speaking of God, or it cannot be the God of the Old Testament that Christ Jesus is speaking about, as if separate from himself. But there is no separation be between them. They are one. The Father and the Son, they are one. And through our belief, right, someone had messaged earlier and Beth momentarily talked about it, we have a free will, we have a choice. So uh, you're saying, why does God punish if they never had a choice? Or why does God punish if they did have a choice? This whole experience that we're going through right now is a test. And it's a test for very special kinds of angels. Angels that are in heaven are created angels. They already know God, they're in heaven. They never went through this process of being born from the womb of a woman, being subject to the temptations of the flesh. And we're no more creatures like in the garden because we have taken it upon ourselves to perceive or do, 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 that, do that thing, which was having free will to eat from the tree or not. So we're not the same creatures that we were in the garden anymore either. Now we're very special creatures. And this whole thing is a test, whether we're going to choose the word of the truth or we're going to choose the, the word of a liar. The devil is the father of the lie. If there was ever a lie, the devil, the devil is the father of it. So anyone who believes lies or who worships lies is a child of a liar and worships the God of the lie, the creator of a lie. And anyone who's of the word of God believes the truth. No matter how much power is given unto the liar to dissuade people from the truth. And that's the world, Scott, that we're living in right now. What, not, not answer to my question, but thank you. All right, fair enough. If that's how you feel, no problem. Um, and, that's, and that's the test that we're living through right now, each one of us. So God willing, everyone out there, choose to believe truth rather than lies. Choose to believe uh honor and, and and righteousness and glory rather than vanity and you know directions that take us to no satisfaction or no comfort right who, who wants to think that the love that they have towards one another in this lifetime doesn't go on forever i've never been able to do it i've never been able to love somebody for 40 50 years and then think like oh i get to have an inheritance yay die and then I'm going to have a couple of children and then they're going to get to think the same thing about me. Like, that's not me. I, I love people forever. And, uh, you know, God willing, uh, you know, people, people understand in, at, in this lifetime, the comfort and the love and the joy that comes in with knowing the truth uh, and not fearing uh, how much man can be induced by the devil to taint or corrupt words of goodness. Like, you know, there's so many simple things that we can think about that can lead us to understand truth 
And uh, I really hope that uh, you know we, we keep the evilness that we think about simple, and we become very wise in goodness. Because uh, I mean, Scott, man, I I I don't know you you're feeling the way that you're feeling, but uh, you know, think about that. Are you greater than your word, or is your word greater than you? Well, that's a deep question to leave us with. I, I actually get where you're coming from, Scott. I, I need to have you back on the show too. I was thinking about this and uh, we got into such a, a great conversation. We'll need to keep going. Maybe we can start with that as a, uh, a premise and so many deep comments and snake. I get you. I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from as well. I have all the same uh, kind of questions come up for myself and um are you afraid of boiling water? <laughs> there you go, Jadasana. Well, anyway, I think we probably have, we'll have to artificially bring this, bring, yes, Scott, round two, exactly. But I think we'll have to, just for now, bring this to to a close. Thank you so much, James. You're extremely generous with your time, both uh, both you know on, on air and off air as well, speaking with me, entertaining my questions and doing doing your very best to source the, the way that the scripture is, um, is leading on that on that truth so it's uh hugely appreciated my good pleasure beth god bless thee god bless scott god bless anyone out there who uh you know has not received blessing in a long time you're worthy amen to that uh well thank you so much everyone for coming it's been a pleasure and i look forward to seeing you james tomorrow at wednesday um which is wednesday 8 p.m tomorrow evening I'm not 100% sure when I'm back on this channel, but it will no doubt be soon as well. We have a, uh, a Choose Freedom Law Summit interview. I think it's not until next week with, um, darn it, I totally dropped his name. Okay, so I won't even bother with that. But you can still sign up for the Choose Freedom Law Summit. The link is below. Uh, there's a whole bunch of speakers that have already given their presentations. Some of them left documentation behind in the law world. There's a lot of people struggling. The Manitoba Lawful Action Group is is a place to come and and uh, if, you know have some fellowship, at least witness to what you're going through, but also very much to study the the means and the methods and share knowledge and share documents and try to get your place to yourself to a place where you can act creatively within the law and use your own intention and the the will that God has given you to uh, to bring justice. So thank you everyone for joining. You can visit my website, bethmartins.com. If you haven't already looked into where you are on the path of purpose, you can do an archetype quiz. We haven't talked about archetypes yet. James, I have been accused of being evil for those, but I don't think I'm using them in an evil way. I have no uh, no sense of that whatsoever. So I still feel good about offering that. And uh, my book is there, Journey. It's a map of archetypes to find lost purpose in a sea of meaninglessness because it's purpose that without that, there is no point to me. That is the, the definition of of satanic when there's no good reason for what is, is happening that you can't base it in what God is calling you to do here at this time or any time. I love you guys. I love you, James. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. We'll see you soon. Thank you kindly, Beth. God bless okay. you. Peace. Peace to you. Thank you. To you as well.